For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? This is Hall of Fame wide receiver Terrell Owens here, a.k.a. T.O. Get your popcorn ready. Do a favor. Leave my guy Connor a five-star rating after the show. Listen to it. uh, Give him some feedback. And also, if you want to listen to my podcast as well, uh, check it out. Subscribe, share. Uh, You know, you don't need to leave a five-star rating. You know, uh, we're five-star. I'm five-star all the time. Uh, My podcast is called Get Your Popcorn Ready with T.O. and Hatch. Uh, Again, Check out both of those podcasts, and hey, check it out, listen, and subscribe. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. Thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network. However, you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Co-host Connor Miles here. Just want to give you a quick hits episode on the post-game reaction to the Eagles beating the San Francisco 49ers 25-20. to The title of this episode for a reason was a win is a win because... That's exactly what this team needed right now. With the 0-2-1 start, uh, with all the questions uh, going Carson Wentz's way from the city, from the media, all the the doubts and disbelief towards Doug Peterson and him wearing his emotions on his face and his expressions during his press conferences these last couple of weeks. This team just needed to grind out a win, and they did just that. So here's my thoughts going into the game. Let's give a quick shout-out to the defensive line. What a game by them. And it's not like they played a, a terrible offensive line either. Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey are probably one of the top uh, better the offensive tackle tandems in the whole entire NFL. So for this defensive line to go into it, Gennard Avery, what, hats off to him. What a game. Five quarterback hits. The pressure was relentless, especially on that last drive. His, his, his uh, last couple of pressures on, you know, excuse me, he only had one pressure again on that last drive on C.J. Behar, but it, it forced him into a really bad throw, forced him into throwing it away. Hats off to John Ravy. Derek Barnett as well with the half sack himself. Uh, looks so inspired at this game. So it, it looks like they lead heavily on Derek Barnett this game more than they did Joshua, even though Joshua did have another sack again this season. The Joshua season has been fully activated in 2020 still. But it looks like they lead heavy a little, a little bit more on Derek Barnett, and that might be an indication of him getting healthier now and Eagles knowing that he's healthier and a better shape than he is, has been since his training camp injury. Maybe that is something that we have to keep an eye on moving forward. Maybe because, again, Derek Barnett is a Jim Schwartz guy. We all know how 
James Schwartz is incredibly loyal to his guys. Maybe this is something that we see moving forward is Derek Barnett taking more snaps than Josh Webb. But I, I still think that's a mistake. I think Josh Webb is such a superior pass rusher. Uh, it should be an even split of anything. But we'll keep an eye on that moving forward. But again, hats off to Derek Barnett. Played with a lot of heart. Half a sack. Uh, I think that really was his sack. Javon Hargrave did clean it up. Javon Hargrave, again, really great game, game by him. Won't show up in the box score, but he was eating bodies. Defensive line played the way that they should have played. They're stepping up again. They, back-to-back great performances for the defensive line. You love to see it. Linebackers, Duke, I tweeted it out, and everybody interacted with it. But once again, Nate Riley and Duke Riley, excuse me, Duke Riley and Nate Gary, no excuses for that. They should not be starting linebackers in an NFL team. It's just the truth. I know everybody's going to be like, well, you know, the Eagles don't really have much what else to go to. They clearly aren't ready to put a rookie in Sean Bradley out there. They're not ready to put out a project in Davion Taylor. I agree with the last part, the latter of that, but at this point, it's whatever. These guys are so bad. Alex Singleton is your best linebacker out on the field to end the night. They have to make a switch here. They have to get Day Gary off the field. Every team knows to just go at those guys. Every team understands to attack the linebackers when they play the Philadelphia Eagles defense, and they are coming such a huge liability that they can hold your defense back. The big plays, the gashy plays that they give up, the missed tackles by Nick Gary, the coverage liabilities. They knew right in that end zone. Grudge Kittle's touchdown pass. They knew right in the end zone the target hit uh, Duke Riley when they saw him on. You know, they knew exactly to go right there. That read was an easy touchdown pass. They have to do something about this linebacker position. They have to make some changes. They have to bring in some free agents for some workouts, whatever they got to do in that process. Consider there's like a COVID extreme process behind that where it's probably not until you get another uh, linebacker in here for another week or two if you do bring in one of their free agent route. But they got to do something. They have to bring in. So they have to change something here. Has to be a personnel change. It's just... I don't know how many more games we can go into where the linebackers get completely gashed for the point where it's changing games. They could lose. The, the linebacking core has the potential to lose the Philadelphia Eagles a game. And it's clearly evident now more than ever. It showed a lot in this game. George Kittle had a monster game. It's time to make a change at linebackers. Either get Sean Bradley out there, play Alex Singleton in Nate Gary's role of having the most snaps at linebacker, do something. It's time for a change. I don't think TJ Edwards is the answer either, but he should be playing a lot more than uh, Duke Riley is. They have to do something with this linebacker position. I don't know where you put these guys specifically. I think I would probably put Sean Bradley where Duke Riley's been lining up at weak side. Put him in there. Put Alex Singleton at Mike. Do something different. I don't know. I don't care what you do. Pull these guys. They cannot play. They are huge liabilities. It's going to affect the football game. You need to make a switch. Darius Slay has incredibly amount of heart. Incredible amount of heart. Played a monster game, as usual. Even got hurt, went back into the game. That's back-to-back weeks where this guy looks like he has gruesome injuries, and he goes off to the sidelines for a little bit, gets right back into the game. Not really accustomed to that as Eagles fans. Uh, Sean Jackson gets hurt. Somebody on the offense, Jason Peters, gets hurt. They're... Uh, they're expected to be out for extended periods of time, so we're expected to them to get hurt. Darius Slay gets hurt, looks bad, goes to the sidelines, puts a turn on it, so to say, gets right back out there on the field. You like to see that from your players. Even Lane Johnson. I mean, the ankle injury, he battled all entire game. Uh, he did miss some snaps, but he did keep going, rotating back in. 
you know, you like the heart from Sean uh, with Lane Johnson there too. You just want to see it. You want to see it. Other than that, I mean, my takeaways on the defense is still the defensive line. We need to focus on give them as much credit as we possibly can. They really dominated this game. But on the offensive side, the first half, I thought Carson Wentz was way off with targeting Pat. His accuracy, again, looked like to be an issue. It's it's rough for him to get set on normal dropbacks. When he throws on the run, it's he's so much more accurate when he throws on the run. His accuracy on his passes when he's on the run and rolling out is enormously more effective than it is when he's just doing straight dropbacks. It's noticeable, too. Very noticeable. Uh, but still, Hart, I think he's finally letting the game come to him. He's finally relaxing, settling in, it looked like, in the second half, where the point he goes, you know, the receivers aren't getting open. I can't have time to think that they're going to get open. I can't have time to sit back there, dance around in the pocket, and hope for one of my guys to get open anymore. I'm at the point where I just have to take off and run. I know my ACL injury happened. I know I've had this back injury. I know I got my concussion in the first wildcard game of this playoffs. But at this point, the best way to put the Eagles' offensive position to win is I have to take off and run. And that's what he's doing. That's what he showed a lot this game. He showed it last last week, too, against Cincinnati. You'd like to see it from Carson Wentz. Let him settle in more. Let him use his legs more. Let him roll out there on the run. I know the offensive line's banged up, but that's probably your best bet to get Carson Wentz to be successful for this offense this season. Hats off to Jordan Bellotta. Thought he played a great game for his first career start at left tackle. The false start obviously was killer and drive killer for them as well. But you got to have take your hats off to the guy. Hasn't barely played football for that long. Comes in for his first career start against a very good defensive line. Even with the injuries, even with D Ford hurt, even with Nick Bosa out for the season, they have some players on that defensive line still. Ray Garmstead's a great player. Uh, Kerry Hyder is a great player. Great player. Great, great fill-in rotational defensive end player. He played real, a great game for the San Francisco defensive line. But Jordan Milano did handle himself pretty well. You, when you don't have to call on a guy's name that much, that usually means they're doing pretty well. And I felt that way about Jordan Milano tonight. Other, what would I like to see a little bit more for this team? Well, for starters, give up on the J.J. Arcega-Whiteside experiment. Let him go. Travis Fulham showed you more in that touchdown catch than J.J. Arcega-Whiteside has in his entire 19 games of playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Give it a rest. Let it go. Forget draft capital here. It's over with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. 82% of your fan base on the poll voted that they wouldn't even care if you outright released J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Give these guys a chance. Give a Travis Fulham a chance. See what you can get out of these wide receivers because at this point, you look at the free agent market, there's not guys out there right now that you can take advantage of. You're, you're at the point where you have to rely on practice squad guys to step up, come in here, and show you something because that's all you have to lean on to hope for is that an unexpected uh, Greg you type impact from a practice squad guy this year is what you're hoping for. and you're, Maybe Travis Fulton is that guy. Or maybe Hakeem Butler ends up being that guy in a receiving type role. Maybe Jason Kribb is that guy. Maybe Deontay Burnett is that guy. I don't know. I'd rather find that out than continue hoping J.J.R. Single-Whiteside gives you anything to this team at this point. Giving him snaps, giving him a roster spot over guys like that right now is not the best move for this offense to figure it out. It's not the best move for this pass game to get better. And all you're doing is delaying Carson Wentz to build chemistry with guys who may potentially contribute for you 
for a guy that may never even pan out for your for your team whatsoever. Let the JJ Arcega Whiteside experiment end. You're seeing how it could hinder your offensive guys. You take him off the field for one game. He's inactive for the first game this season. I know he didn't play much at all against Cincinnati last week, but he's inactive for the full whole entire game. The Eagles probably expected him not to play the way that the uh, practice went this week. They 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 knew that. They game planned around it. They they included Travis Fulmore. They got Greg Ward involved as much as they could as the wide receiver one. Look, it worked. They scored a touchdown that way. They had their second wide receiver touchdown of the season. Keep rolling with it. See what you have in these guys. Gave up on J.J. Osega-Whiteside. No excuses for him to be on the roster anymore. Put it to bed. I'm not saying they're going to do that. That's my personal opinion, though. Put it to bed. Let's see what Travis Fulham can do for the rest of the time in J.J. Osega-Whiteside's roster spot. Keep it rolling. Next thing up is... A lot of hate gets to Zach. I know I, I've seen a lot of people killing Zach. Look, George Kittle is better tight end than Zach Ertz. I've always said it. I think everybody in the world agrees with it. I bet you Zach Ertz would tell you the same thing. But the thing is, Zach Ertz is the best weapon on the Philadelphia Eagles offense. And every defensive coordinator, every defense that the Eagles have played this season has shown you time and time again. We're going to do our best to take Zach Ertz out of the game because Zach gives the Eagles offense the best chance to win is when Zach Ertz is rolling. He gets double covered. He gets triple covered. Even the announcers even told you guys during the game tonight, because I see a lot of Zach Ertz hate for his stat line. What can you possibly do? Carson Wentz is not going to throw the ball to him when he's double covered. That's going to be picked. Zach Ertz can't get open when he's double covered. It's two football players on him in an NFL game. It's just not going to happen. That's how much defensive coordinators respect it. That's how much defenses respect Zach Ertz. They, they do their best to take him out of the game. And I don't blame them. Like I just said, when Zach Ertz gets going, that's when the Eagles offense rolls. When he doesn't, they struggle. And that's what this whole entire season so far has been. When the Eagles have had Zach Ertz being taken out of the game plan, schemed out of the game plan by defensive coordinators, by each defense that they played so far, Washington's done it. Los Angeles Rams have done it. The, uh, excuse me. The Cincinnati Bengals have done it. And now, once again, the San Francisco 49ers did the same exact thing. They did their best to take Zach Ertz out of the game plan. It fully happened. They cho- they dared the Eagles to beat them in other ways. And Wentz did that with his legs and a pass to Travis Fulton. That's where we're at right now. The kid, the, destroying Zach Ertz for why he wants to do contract or comparing his stat line to George Kittle Look, George Kittle's a better player, through and through. And guess what? The Eagles didn't have a prayer to cover George Kittle. They didn't have a Fred Warner in their linebacking court. They didn't have a Quan Alexander. Hell, they barely even have a Jimmy Ward at safety because Marcus Epps is all awful. Kevon Wallace's first first real playing action the whole entire season probably wasn't the best to ask him to go against George Kittle. So I'm going to give him a break there. But... Killing Zacherts for a guy who gets double covered, triple covered, the main focus of the defense every time the the Eagles go out there for a game this season, it's just not the right thing to do. And I'm not trying to make this a Zacherts podcast. I just fully believe that this is probably going to be the end of Zacherts in Philadelphia after the season, anyways, from the way it's shaping up. But to full out kill this guy because the the numbers aren't there in the box score makes me feel like you're not really paying attention to him specifically. Go back and watch the All-22 for this season. It's on NFL Game Pass. 
you can watch week three, you can watch week two, you can watch week one, and then you can watch week four against San Francisco later in the week. The guy is fully schemed against, and it works for defenses when they do that against the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's, I mean, look, look what's been happening so far. The offense has been stuttering out of control. They can't figure it out. They don't know who to pass it to because Zach Ertz has been taken out of the game plans through and through this whole entire season. But moving on, Doug, I love you. The two-point conversion showed that you went into this game and you're like, you know what? I screwed up. I screwed up that overtime game. I screwed up going for the tie. I need to stay true to my nature. I need to be aggressive. I need to show confidence in my guys again. Going for this two-point conversion at the beginning of the game could, at the end of the game, alter it. And it, it did. The 49ers were forced to go for two, and they didn't get the two-point conversion. And then they had to force them to go for the touchdown instead of the field goal. Which, who knows, they could have got the field goal with the way Jim Schwartz was coaching that defense at the end of it with C.J. Byhart in there, playing that soft zone coverage, 20 yards off the ball, playing for the, the bend but don't break mentality. It, it, it's just, we, that's a whole different discussion. And again, Tyler... Stedge and I, my co-host, will do a whole uh, 49ers-Eagles game review tomorrow for a podcast episode, so I don't want to go that much in detail into it right now. Uh, I'm going to go in on Jim Schwartz, though. The, the soft side, he, was, he played afraid of CJ. CJ Behard goes into this game not expecting to play at all. Completely comes off the bench. His first game actually since 2018, and Jim Schwartz has to coach afraid against him because he, he started to get really hot real quick. That they won the game. That's all I could say. But by Doug going for two in the beginning, altered how the game ended. That was a huge, one huge reason why the Eagles won this game and put them in position to win this game. So hats off to Doug. He goes to play for the tie against the Bengals. Everybody questions where their aggressive Doug went. He went first drive into this game after the Eagles score and gets aggressive. I like that, Doug. I'm I'm glad you got your balls back. I'm just going to say that right now. I'm sorry to not to offend anybody, but I'm glad, Doug, that you got your balls back. All right, guys, we'll have a full review episode, like I said, tomorrow with Tyler Sedge and I. We'll be going and talking about this whole entire game in review, talking about Eagles news, injuries, all that. Tune in. Thanks for tuning in to the Quick Hits episode. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.